Welcome to What's Wrong with Wolfie. Spoiler-filled discussion on the TV phenomenon, Breaking Bad. Her name is Walter White. There are going to be some things that you'll come to learn about me. No matter how it may look, I only had you in my heart. You understood what I've just said to you? Yes, lung cancer. Inoperable. It's just, you've got mustard. Chemistry is the study of change. How was your day? Fine. You want to cook crystal meth? You know the business, and I know the chemistry. We got new players in town. They possess an extremely high skill set. You are not how I remember you from class. I mean, like, not at all. Thinking Albuquerque just might have a new kingpin. A little excitement in your life. Something. Run, Mr. White, run! You want to make some cash for your people before you check out. That's why you're doing all this. People sometimes do things for their families. Yeah, Mr. White. Yes, science. We're going to make a lot of money together. Set and filmed in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the series follows Walter White, an underpaid, overqualified and dispirited high school chemistry teacher who is struggling with a recent diagnosis of stage 3 lung cancer. White turns to a life of crime and partners with former student Jesse Pinkman to produce and distribute meth to secure his family's financial future before he dies, while navigating the dangers of the criminal underworld. When I first started doing the podcast, when we started doing the podcast, sorry, I never thought that we'd sit down to be discussing Breaking Bad, but we are, we're here, this is what we're doing, and I'm very excited. We've allowed ourselves this opportunity for, for, for many reasons, and Steve, like, Breaking Bad, it kind of broke TV in some ways, didn't it? Yeah, it did, kind of surprisingly, too, because it's, it's, hard, it's hardly the first prestige television show to exist, but I think Breaking Bad was... It felt different because it still had the, like, obviously there's a main overarching story. Breaking Bad is not really like an episodic Monster of the Week show, but it, it feels more like that than any of the other pre- prestige t- t- TV that came before. It feels like a TV show rather than trying to be prestige TV. It feels like a normal TV show whilst also being extremely fucking fantastically well-made and acted and scripted and shot. So, yeah, and it's also a show that started really small. I remember way back in the day, people would talk about Breaking Bad and they would say, uh, it's the best show no one's one's watching and the ratings were abysmal. But thankfully, TV executives gave it a chance and they were absolutely right to do that because then slowly but surely it took over the world. And as you say, 
pretty yeah it broke tv and, and rich were, were you there for the start or were you a person that kind of came a bit later i was very much not there at the start and i think this would be the first example of me of like prestige show a prestige show something i really got into i think growing up i was more just very much a, a film centric person there were obviously shows i was into like growing up as you know, as a kid and then probably the nearest thing would have been x files even then i was still of that age where it was just this like cool thing i'd watch on tv it wasn't that awareness the idea of prestige television you know television something you really wanted to talk to people about like the next day so yeah breaking bad really passed me by and then i don't know who really got me to try it out but basically i was actually home recovering from an operation and i just decided to binge the first four seasons and then the first half of season five because obviously at that point it was split in two and so I basically caught up from the very first episode to the mid-season break of the final season and then, yeah, just waited for it to come back and was just, yeah, I completely fell in love with it. I must have watched, I don't know how many episodes I watched back to back to back on the consecutive days, but yeah, it blew me away. It was like nothing I'd seen before, it, you know, just how mature it felt. I never had a diet of shows like, you know, Sopranos, anything like that. I, it was it just never, something never clicked um, with me with other shows of similar calibre. Always been a bit of a big fan of uh, Brian Cranston from, uh, you know, Malcolm in the Middle. So that was kind of a bit of a pull, I guess, you know, into watching it. But yeah, it, it did break television. It, you know, it was a disruptor, I guess. And what I think was still mind-blowing about it is that, at least in the UK, but I think globally as well, when it actually started, it didn't set the world on fire at all. No one was really bothered about it. It didn't really, like, pull in, like, crazy ratings. But obviously, AMC stuck with it. And it just, by, I think, the second or third season, it just got traction, word of mouth, and just grew into this, like, yeah, just monster and by the end of it you would never have known that it had modest success at the start you would have thought it was just this massive you know like game of thrones style just absolute juggernaut but mm. yeah it, it started off small probably to the point it probably wasn't gonna actually run past the first season i don't know but it, it's amazing how we look back at it now and it's just yeah for many people including myself it's the best tv show ever made so yeah i absolutely adore it is it is it fair though that like when Watching series one, like, do you, can you see why it didn't get picked up or people weren't interested in it? I think probably it's weird because you think in a way this is what works for it, but it's probably just the fact it's kind of a weird premise. I still think it was probably finding itself because you look back at characters like Jesse now and we think, oh, it's so just legendary. But even then at the show at the time, he wasn't going to survive past the first season. So I think whatever they were doing in the background... Maybe they weren't sure of themselves in the writing. And that's not to say at all that the first season's not good. It's amazing. But I don't think it was fully fleshed out to the point that maybe people, it didn't click with the viewer at the time. I don't think they saw what was ahead. They didn't get a feeling of, oh, this is going to be something. They just saw this weird dropout student character and this professor, you know, teacher in, you know, in a Winnebago in the desert. And it just, I think it's just weird to the point that people didn't know quite what to feel and maybe it was, they thought it was kind of jumping the shark a little bit it was a bit too out there the whole concept of he's going to become a meth cook i don't know it's it's hard to say i do i did notice so that trailer that we just listened to i feel like the marketing at the time was bad yeah um, or, or, or or at least it didn't reflect what the show actually was because i remember i didn't watch it at the time i didn't i didn't feel compelled 
to watch it because all I'd seen was a guy in his pants stood in the desert <laughs> holding a gun with a gas mask on. Yeah. And the, the vibe was like zany. It was like zany crime caper. It was Malcolm's dad, really. Yeah, it just didn't really do it for me. And I think that might have been true for a lot of people, I guess. It was not until word of mouth went around that it was more than that that people started to clock, clock onto it, I guess. It's true, because I, I even I remember around the time that Breaking Bad first came out and, he, and, it, and then people were just starting to catch on to it. And my, my nephew was banging on about it, saying how great it was. And I kept dismissing him like, oh, man, what a TV show about chemistry tree who turns into a drug dealer. That sounds shit. I ain't watching that. Obviously, a few years later, I'm like <laughs> eating my hat <laughs> because <laughs> it was, you know, it is some of the best telly ever made. I can totally get that, what you're saying. I think even as an outside observer, you know, I was obviously always aware of this show. It wasn't like I had no idea it existed. And then one day someone said, oh, you should watch this show. I knew it was there. And I think even then I saw like pictures. And I think I was even cynical enough then to look at it and think, oh, it looks a bit try hard to me. I'm not going to watch that. So I just went off and did my thing. And I just kind of ignored it. I don't know. Again, it's just a weird concept and not something at the time. I think if you put it in front of me, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm watching that. Mm. Wasn't, wasn't bothered. Yeah. I mean, Breaking Bad was the turned into our lockdown binge TV show <laughs> because we had heard of a lot of great stuff about it, obviously, through the years. But the length of the show, I guess it kind of put us off a little bit from watching it but obviously in lockdown we had plenty of time on our hands so it was all on netflix uh so it was it was quite accessible so we thought why not let's give it a go and we uh yeah we we carved through that very quickly indeed but but chris like was it was it jarring for you to for, for brian cranston to go from how come in the middle to to this drug dealing chemistry yeah i mean all of our introductions to this show sound very similar at the time, I was working a butcher shop, and mainly old old guys. There was a couple of young young guys there, sort of about my age at the time, and they kept talking about his show. And like Rich, and like J- and like yourself, Jason and Steve, I knew of it. I saw the promos run on was it one of the Sky channels was carrying it over here at the time. Mm, yeah, I can't think which one it was. So, but... One of the satellite channels, and I remember knowing of it. And I remember sitting there going, fucking, that's uh, Malcolm's dad. That What the hell is this? This gritty thing. Wait. And then you're like, well, wait, is it? Okay. And then it just passed me by because life, life got busy and you forget about it. And they kept talking about it over and over. And I was like, yeah, I'll give it a go. And just like we were discussing before recording, life just goes on and you forget it exists. And it never bothered me until... We moved into our first house, I think, 2009, 2010. So we had our own place to, you know, without having to watch what everyone else is watching and so on and so. And we started watching it. And then, weirdly enough, Richard messaged me out of the blue after his op. And um, so if you've been watching this, and I actually said to him, funnily enough, about three or four months before, we'd tried to watch it or we'd given it a go and then just forgotten about it for a while and it was actually rich that got me to actually invest in it properly you remember this stuff seriously i'm, I'm really chuffed <laughs> i was the person so fantastic it, Go me. no it's it was one of those things again it was on our radar we tried to watch yeah. it i don't know what happened and we just 
I think because Nick at the time was working for Tesco and she wasn't finishing until like 10, 11 p.m. at night some days. So specific, I love you. <laughs> no, it, it, it was one of those, I, my brain is just insane. And yeah. I remember the message from you saying, you know, you need to check this show out. And I, I remember message, I can't, I can't remember how it happened. And we started watching it and we're like, this is actually pretty fucking good. And like you, it annoyed us to a point where why did we wait until it's four seasons in to try it? So we'd we'd all kind of missed that hype, hadn't we? It'd become this massive thing yeah. around us. And we all kind of jumped on, didn't we? Like, it must have been, what, the last year or two of the show? Yeah, yeah. And I I kind of felt bad because I was like, this is this is great. And we weren't part of that, that hype train. But also, it was kind of nice to discover a new show something completely different to what you'd watched before mm, and you had a lot of it to watch as well yeah. and i don't know what the secret ingredient is but there's something very very bingeable about this show yeah, yeah. i i don't know what it is either it just has this magic hold that you just like maybe it was a lightning in a bottle situation where they just got the perfect cast and the perfect behind the scenes people uh, it's difficult to pin down isn't it it's just like something about the way it's produced it's just watching it is like eating chocolate and I could just keep going. I could just keep going. It's like, <laughs> yeah. if there were a hundred episodes, I could, I could sit there and watch a hundred in a row. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But again, it's like, it's like the, you don't think about it, but the cinema photography of the show is stunning. Setting it in mm-hmm. Albuquerque. Yeah. The, the, oh my God. It just looks it was a character. Gorgeous. It was a character. It wasn't was just good. another disposable show shot in Vancouver or, <laughs> you know, it, it was, different and it had some press like prestige people behind it as well coming mm. straight off of success after success after success including most of the actors yeah and this is dean norris's i think second or third hollywood career <laughs> you know i think it's, it's got just um, mad yeah i think i think like it's just intriguing as well but the whole thing like the characters are intriguing like jesse just on his own is is an amazing character and We'll get into him a bit later when we talk about the cast. But then yeah. that whole like contrast between Jesse and Walter was just so intriguing. I think that's what hooked me to want to carry on watching it mostly was to see this relationship between these two completely different people trying to work together to do this business. Yeah. And I think the other thing about the show that really grips you is the journey that Walter takes in this show. Mm. Like, God, yeah. You know... And the way in which the the writers and the creators did it was marvellous because as a viewer, you didn't really see it either straight away. And you obviously, when you see him in series one, he seems a very much Joe Bloggs chemistry teacher with a family who's yeah. got lung cancer now, going to die. Great. But then, you know, as, as the series progresses, it's, it's very slow, his change from, from that teacher Joe Bloggs kind of guy to Eisenberg to this like massive drug dealing killing machine and and to, and I think I think that's what did it for me was not only the, the the relationship between the characters and how different they were together and this like really well plotted out journey that Walter took to yeah. become this other person. I think early on he really did cut quite a at times pathetic figure and obviously it was heightened by the fact he had crisis going on in his life you know getting a diagnosis but seeing him having to juggle working at the school and then working at the car wash and he just he just felt like he's just 
a real down his luck kind of guy you felt for him and then you're seeing how he grew and you wonder how much of it that was in him the whole time and obviously it's brought him out Mm. brought it out of him it wasn't like he changed like being around you know nefarious you know characters um in a you know very shady business made him that you just wonder how much of that was already in him and it was just suppressed because he's living this dull life you know seemingly dull life um and he's got no direction i don't know it's yeah i mean it's so push and pull as well there's times i just love him and then as it went on i really obviously didn't like him i Mm. thought and it was it was obviously intentional but i just thought he's a piece of shit like and i love that yeah it's brilliant what i loved about it was was that the show did eventually unfold and tell you or show you rather that the walter white was always a dick and that he's driven by ego and that his kind of mild-mannered you know his mild-mannered way is cowardice really and he's sort of a people pleaser but whilst secretly resenting every, every, everyone around him i mean you learn about his his like he was part of some project right that won a nobel peace prize yeah but then he dumped all of that because he fell out with his girlfriend at the time and so that's why he's not successful is because he just he dropped his his important work he was doing because he fell out with his girlfriend so now he resents everyone else because he's a teacher that earns a low wage and has to work part-time in a car wash and we you see him making reckless decisions with his wife because he wants children for his ego even though they can't afford it um then they struggle financially so he brings this all on himself really mm. and it's not until there's the inciting incident which is obviously him having lung cancer that he then starts to think the way Heisenberg does which is I'm gonna have to do crime now and then once he's doing crime it doesn't take very long for him to just be all in on doing crime like he feels bad about it for for a, for like a little bit but it really doesn't take long for him to completely embrace his new crime life and as we see fucking love it and he's feeding his ego in a way that he's never had the chance to before and he's just he's just a bad guy right and and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before before he does a crime he's a you know he's a bad guy in a fairly innocuous way he's a bad guy in the same way that most of us are you know a bit a bit shit but yeah once once he's doing crime he really blossoms into an into a bad guy it's great he finds himself in not the worst way so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly that's, that's, yeah. that's what i was think like gonna bring up like it's almost like a perfect analog to the midlife crisis yeah mm-hmm. and yeah <laughs> we've yeah. all been there We've all had breakdowns. We've all had our asses handed to us when you just become comfortable and then you get into a routine and you do the same routine. Live, die, repeat. It's And then to finally have that taste of something that's not the usual routine. Obviously, Breaking Bad's on got that, that veneer of drug dealer, crime boss thing. But in a way, I think fundamentally everyone can relate to this concept of breaking bad where you just get bored of the monotony of things mm. and then you have that excitement again and you have that lust for life again and you realize you can actually do things but obviously in the breaking bad world it's just bad things but you just see this like you said mild-mannered um teacher that threw his career away for a girl haven't we all done stuff like that in the past <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it just speaks to everyone on such a level that it's just 
it has so much rewatchability. I mean, and I'm kicking myself because I haven't rewatched it for quite a while now. But to see, like Steve said, they've got the underlying narcissistic, narcissistic traits. But I think, like you said, we all kind of have them, but we never. Mm-hmm. They're, they're primal impulses. They're they're pre-installed in us on a chemical level, and but by Walt gaining that power and more confidence, and then more power because of that confidence, and then it just escalates to the point of no return, where he loves it. He loves being the one who knocks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, and it's to and again, Vince Gilligan somehow manages to perfectly balance comedy, drama, and intrigue and thriller and suspense yeah i don't know how he does it because if you look at his track record his episodes for the x-files were always the funny ones but they're also the extremely clever ones at the same time so to do this show completely different to what he's done before and have that perfect balance it just works you can't help but like the guy and hate him at the same time yeah it was very very push and pull with me uh, it was by design, but yeah. I tell you, yeah. one of the other things I liked about Breaking Bad was the actual chemistry. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, I'm, yeah. I'm... My dad appreciated it when I was like, "Hey, look, Dad, I'm into elements now." And he's like... <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, obviously, I've never really looked into the creation of meth. I never really knew what really goes into it, and I'm sure they never. Were... I mean, they went into quite a bit detail, but I'm sure they didn't go completely detail. I hope not. Because yeah. they just wrote an instruction manual for people who want to create myth. But <laughs> I think I think I remember them saying at the time is that they are as authentic as possible, but they change or or obfuscate the most important steps so that nobody can actually yeah. learn how to cook meth. That's very responsible. That's very responsible. Yes. Very good. <laughs> but... the whole make. Do you think the whole like making it blue in the show is kind of a way of almost kind of softening it? Like, hey, look, it's this. It makes it almost a bit more. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it works in it works in the narrative, but also I think you're right. There probably was a benefit in not just constantly showing crystals of meth all the time. Yeah, and also it's a it's a visual storytelling element as well because yes. yeah, a, a chunk of clear or white crystal shit's boring. Make mm-hmm. it fucking mm-hmm. blue or kryptonite green. Make it look like fucking Star Trek style, whatever crystals. It's fun. It's yeah. blue. Yeah. It's also it's, fucking it's also great. just. A really good shorthand because you know that if you see blue meth, you know it's a good shit. It was made by yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's subliminal messaging on the creator's point. array of talent in this show and such a great bunch of characters that I think we're going to be spending quite a bit of time here and we've talked about Walter White already in his kind of journey through the show but obviously Brian Cranston was the guy who who portrayed him in the show and I'm sure it's fair to say that I speak for all of us when I say that he did an exceptional job oh yeah (laughs) can't say much more than that really no yeah yeah he's incredible yeah but I mean, like I said earlier, 
I mean, was it a jump from Malcolm in the middle to Breaking Bad? I don't know if he did anything in between, but or did we know of anything that he did in between those two shows? I don't know, but nothing stands out to me. I mean, I'm yeah. not an expert, but yeah, I can't think of I can't think of something else that he would so have done. Nothing between, but I always fondly think of him, remember him as the voice of a pudgy pig from a Mighty yeah. Morphin Power Rangers. So <laughs> his most notable role wasn't he Zordon's have. voice in Power Rangers as well. Um no, he did other voices for other monsters. Um, like the, just your throwaway monsters, but Pudgy yeah. Pig is iconic. And then he was Zordon in the film. So, but again, that's, that's where I'm thinking. Of, yeah. yeah, face and all, but, but yeah, between Malcolm and Breaking Bad, I yeah, it's it's like a a real black hole for me. I I can't think of anything. No, no, and I don't remember when Malcolm wrapped up, but it kind of been much of a gap between the two i would I'd highly doubt it i wasn't really a malcolm in the middle guy so i it was breaking bad first for me it was my first yeah. introduction and then and then people would show me videos of brian cranston roller skating while wearing pink shorts and that would like yeah. blow my mind what the yeah. fuck <laughs> he's got range he's got range that man he does you know, he does i'm coming at it from the complete opposite side because malcolm in the middle you get home from school or whatever and it would be on at that time in the afternoon or early evening. And my brother was a couple of years younger than me, so he was the perfect capture audience for Malcolm in the middle. In the middle. So I knew of him as Hal first, this madcap, su- ever-suffering father with so many kids and just going on these madcap moments. And then to see him... things He's such a gifted comedic actor and performer. And then to put him in something which is so serious, it takes you a while to get used to it, but also... Like many comedic actors, they take to serious stuff like a duck to water. And I don't know, it just it just works. Although he does go full on how and some episodes of Breaking <laughs> Bad. You, you can't you can't not unsee it. But coming yeah. from the other side, I knew him predominantly as Hal from Mac in the Middle. So it's it's really refreshing to see what he could do. Must have been really refreshing for him personally as well. Well, yeah, because you, you don't want to get stuck in that rut of being typecast, do you? It's always being the, the comedy folly in these things. And... No. Exactly. And if he's only been doing like Malcolm in the Middle and Power Rangers and um, other such similar things, for, for him to land this role, to show his full potential as an actor, it must have been, I don't know, he must have been very happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, probably at the time he probably entered this show thinking, no, yes, this sounds like it's going to be a good fun project and probably didn't know (laughs) that it was going to become this absolute monster, like, you know, TV phenomena. Do do you think it's a bit of a shame that, I mean, I know he's done some bits after Breaking Bad. I mean, he was in Godzilla. For five Um, minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That pissed me off so much. They really really hammered that home, didn't they? Brian Cranston. He's in the trailer. Look how... Oh, he's he's dead? He's not coming back? No, he never comes back? Okay. Um... Mm. But I don't know, like, we haven't really seen him in any kind of high-profile thing since, really, have we? And then I no. feel that's a bit of a shame, you know, because of the range of acting that he showed in this film. and um, Not film, but in this show, and, you know, and, and his comedic performances as well, to show what a great actor he is. And I feel like he's been underutilised. I mean, he's done... A, I mean, he gets his pick now, right? Like, he can turn down or accept whatever he wants. I think he has done quite a lot i think he just hasn't done anything that's caught fire in the same way as breaking bad There's, the name of the shows are escaping me right now but I, I i remember reading about him doing doing a lot of good work 
they're, they're just not in TV shows that yeah have the same sort of uh, incredible broad appeal. That there is that off. new show he's in now that your I think it's Your Honor. Your Honor, um, that's it. That yeah. I've not watched yet, but I keep seeing the art p- appearing. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm gonna put that on my list. But um, mm. I hear good things. It's like uh, it's like your uh, your Dan your uh, your Daniel's Radcliffe, right? Like <laughs> you're in something massive, <laughs> and then and then you spend a lot of years just choosing the stuff that's interesting to you. And like he's yeah. not really been anything in any anything huge, right? No, no, he's he's. Yeah, I I tip my hat to him. He works on things that he really wants to do. He's yeah. not like put him in the MCU, you know. He's yeah, he picks his he picks his projects. He wants to yeah. challenge himself and yeah, just have interesting roles, which is nice and obviously proves that with success you can just kind of fucking be selective and not just throw yourself out there for any big studio project. So yeah, no good on him. Well, let's get on to. Um... Jesse Pinkman, Mr. Aaron Paul. And, I mean, this was my first introduction to Aaron. Mm. But, I mean, he played Jesse yet again. So, like, I think this was one of the other interesting factors for me in Breaking Bad was the fact that this was a place and these were characters that I wasn't very familiar with. Like, I wasn't very familiar with the Jesse character and the way he behaved and the way he spoke. Because obviously I'm English. I'm in England. We don't we don't talk. Well, maybe some of us do, but majority of people I hang around with don't talk like that. It made you feel old watching him. Like yeah. even at the time, I was like, God, I'm not yeah. I'm not cool at all. Sure. I need to say bitch more. So yeah, but he had that kind of swagger, didn't he? He had that kind of I don't know intrigueness as well, and mm-hmm. Aaron pulled him off really well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's extremely likable from the get go. It, it's just a shame about uh, how he's a drug. Oh, he's a victim, right? He's a drug. He's a drug addict, and that makes him do and say some fuck, fucked up things. So he's a character that you really, really want to like, and then and then he does something that makes you think, "Oh no, you're a shitbag." That's a shame. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of times we did feel sorry for him with stuff that had happened and situations that he found himself into, but most of it he kind of put upon himself. Yeah, and I think is kind of almost cartoonish in a way of a character that he cut with Jesse, and he was still very much kind of the analog for the viewer. You kind of were in a way experiencing the show through him, mm-hmm. but at the same time not because again he was very <laughs> he was a very distinct character. He wasn't kind of just straight, kind of just you know average like every man character he was your bitch you know that stuff he just was in your face and but he was just so goddamn sympathetic throughout i never had the emotional roller coaster with him that i did with walt i never had a moment where i really didn't like jesse whatsoever i i might get annoyed at him for making decisions you know but most of the time i just felt really bloody sad for him and Mm. especially when you get to uh Jane, and I, was, ugh. Mm. Yeah, I cried I like an absolute psycho when I watched episode. <laughs> I thought it was, it was his chance. He had his chance. He had his, you know, his happy escape and denied. And yeah, I don't know. But yeah, he's just phenomenalness. And fun fact, he actually went to my wife's high school. He was like a few years above uh-huh. her. He was a senior when she was in wow. Centennial actually... High School in Idaho. Yeah, uh, I was yeah. actually going to bring it up because I remember yep. sitting in a pub when we all started watching Breaking Bad and Rachel <laughs> brought it up. 
<laughs> and I've remembered it to this day because I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, <laughs> what? Yep. <laughs> yep. Of all three, the places three in America, of all Sorry. the places. Oh, yeah. just blew me so, away. Yeah, crazy times. Sorry, I was, I was very surprised and quite excited when I found out. But <laughs> that's enough of me. You also, I think, like, especially where Bolt was, was starting to go off on uh, to being the drug lord that he became. Like, Jesse was sometimes like more of a moral compass. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it, he was a moral compass in that he understood more about the drug world than, <laughs> yeah. than Walt did. <laughs> and so he would compass. say, don't do that, because that's going to make bad things happen. And because Walter White is kind of a prick, he didn't really take Jesse that seriously. But yeah, very much so. Jesse, Jesse was a real asset uh, <laughs> to Walter, even if he didn't realise it. Okay, the next actor, I do apologise right now. <laughs> Oh no, Giancarlo Esposito. How's that? Ah, Very yeah. good. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You get points. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> get in. And what do points mean? Oh come oh. on, lads! <laughs> <laughs> wow, we really Pro- left you hanging there. I'm sorry. Oh, prizes, prizes, Chris. Chris, yeah. Chris, prizes. It means prizes. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Again, another introduction to him. As a yep. as an actor, I've never really seen much of him beforehand. Never seen him we've, before. We've seen a lot of him since. Mm. He's definitely done better in projects, I guess, since Breaking Bad than both Aaron and Brian, I would say. But I can possibly say, you know, he, he's got a certain, I don't know, a certain, I don't know what, what word it is about that, him that I he want to portrays say. onto the screen. It's terrifying. I want to yeah. say precision. There's a certain mm. precision mm. about the way he, like, he enunciates very satisfyingly. Just the way he talks, the way words tumble out of his mouth. It's uh, you can just listen to him all day. He's he's ca- he's captivating in this show. And he's uh, how he's so very particular about things. Like honestly, some of the tensest moments I've had with him is like in the workplace at last. Mm. Poyosamanos, like when he's just talking to like short order cooks about you know cleaning the grill, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm shitting it. <laughs> like imagining myself in the uniform of that worker, and you've got this very precise controlling boss who wants things to be just right. And I'm sure that's something we can relate to. And, yeah. and it's crazy because of all the stuff that goes on around that, like the whole criminal enterprise thing. But even those small scenes, it just makes me so feel so goddamn uncomfortable. Uh, he's just insanely good and again I, he was never on my radar before this and any scene he was in in Breaking Bad it just was yeah it was uncomfortable but it couldn't take your eyes off his performance it's just yeah he's a he's brilliant brilliant actor he was he was unpredictable wasn't he as Gustavo like you never really like you say like where he, he was precision and he could be very calm about it couldn't he it's soothing. Like, he made you feel mm-hmm. he, like, really made you feel at ease, but at the same time, you knew that you shouldn't feel at ease. Like, but yeah, that was like that was it, it done like, perfectly. It's like there's no uh, wasted energy. He mm. expels exactly the right amount of energy in everything, and no more. That you knew that you know if shit went down, he would be extremely ruthless, as he was many many times in the show. And I I did love like Gustavo using. The Polo Chicken KFC restaurant chain as his like cover 
Yes. But that's, that's the thing. He's, he's particular about like working in conditions and he'll close up and he'll cl- take the trash out and he'll mop the floor for his staff. Good boss. This ever-doting boss that anyone like us would love to work for, <laughs> but we never do. Mm-hmm. However, the anxiety peaks when you sit there and you go, these people frying chicken and running a drive-thru have no, no fucking <laughs> yeah. idea yeah. what is running behind the scenes. And he's putting and them all in cr- danger as well. Like yeah, He's putting yeah. all of them in danger, yeah. which is and super evil. You're just like, and a few instances happen at the restaurant, and you're just like, and I loved how he calls it a restaurant as well. It's so yeah. so formal, and he so just loves what he does at the same time as loving the other thing that he does at the same time, and it's mad. But just those poor people working there have no idea what could happen any second of every any day there, and that just it bubbles up underneath you when you're watching it when you just like mm. just you guys just just have no idea and it <laughs> almost it almost seems like he prefers running the chicken restaurant yeah yeah or at least, i i mean i suppose it's the one thing he can publicly take pride in but he takes it super seriously <laughs> it's almost as though he only he only provides logistics and supply of meth because he could not because he felt particularly engaged to do it he's just like i could pull that off so i will yeah and like his whole like story throughout the show and practically just taking down the drug cartel and being and putting himself in charge was magnificent but it'd be amiss of me not to mention the way in which he left the show because (laughs) he became he became quite an untouchable character he became one of those characters that you thought would never die would never would would be there (laughs) to the very end so when the whole plan that Walter created to finally dispose of him actually happened, and then, you know, they pulled it off. Uh, I forgot the guy's name in the wheelchair. Well, Salamanca with a Hector. Yes, Hector, mm-hmm. Hector Salamanca, that's it. You know, and the, the whole idea of planting this little bomb under, under the wheelchair, you know, him hammering his little bell because he can't speak, so he's got his little bell to speak. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded wrong, but... <laughs> and, you know wired it up to the bell so like when he comes to see him when gustavo comes to see him and he's like constantly tapping on that bell to try and get the bomb to go off (laughs) and then it goes off it goes off but then you see gustavo come out the room and do the thing that you've seen him do countless times throughout the show and that is correct the position of his tie and you think shit he's got away with that in profile right you only see one side of his face you you get a reaction of the nurse which i love that's the inkling that something's not right she's like (gasps) she stops and backs up and you think wait a second and uh, yeah it's masterful the way that shot that 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 moment love it yeah because you can only see his good side (laughs) yeah his good good side side, (laughs) and then the camera kind of pans round as he's correcting his tie and then you see like the other half of his face has just been blown off and oh, it's so just good. completely horrific wasn't it but yeah. what a way for that character to go it's just the proper like guttural no and he just cuts because he just realizes that moment like the most emotion you ever get from him is yeah. that scream that shout almost like a gut roar yeah and then it's over as quickly as it starts yeah. and, just... and then and then he manages to compose himself in order to die in the hallway yeah <laughs> Even his walk was very much. It was him. It was very <laughs> yeah. Yeah. kind of robotic. Yeah. The um the effect was really good too. That episode was a year after The Walking Dead started, which was uh, another AMC show. 
And I remember reading that they uh, were able to pull that effect off because they got a lot of practice doing doing the zombies. Huh, no way. I didn't realise there was that whole I, like, I didn't understand that either. It's nuts. Well, Nick's great character from Breaking Bad was Hank Schrader, Schrader, whoever. Fucking hate this guy. Yeah, no Mr. Dean him. Norris, Mr. Starship <laughs> Trooper himself. <laughs> and like, what an inspired moment it must have been for the writers to go, let's make this character Walter's brother-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, and have this policeman so close to Walter while he's building up this drug business. And Dean plays it so well once again, like, but he portrays the character. He He's like the most liked character in the show, surely, right? Well, maybe yeah. one, one of liked the most liked. by the other characters. Sorry, Steve? You mean liked by the other characters or like liked by the viewers? Uh, by the viewers, Yes. Okay. I fucking hate him, but but sure. I, <laughs> I, think, I can imagine yeah. that popular. I mean, look, he is he is entertaining to watch. Yes. No. You're right. Yes. He is. He is like one of the main guy, ones. He's like that guy at a barbecue that just pisses you off. Like yeah. he's yeah. just very <laughs> yeah. like sure of himself. He's a bit of a, just a cocky kind of little thumb. You know, he's got his sort of moderately attractive wife. He's just got a good job, and he's just always in your face. Mm-hmm. And yeah. always perpetually happy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like. Get fucked. <laughs> loves yeah. loves the sound of his own voice. Loves yeah. his own jokes. He is made of a- affectation. He is just a, a masculine affectations, and he can't turn it off. And if I, I if I if I knew him in real life, <laughs> oh, I'd have a hard time being in the same room. The same room. As well. I, t- I, I totally like, get that. I feel like I'm in the minority here when I say liked him. Then I love him. <laughs> <laughs> extremely, I, I like extremely him. entertaining to watch. Like I, I loved, I love that he's in it. But I, I, and they pulled off his character really well. He's re- really well written. Um, yeah. it's just and that it's... that kind of personality. Ooh. I'm gonna have to dig them out. But I um, had like a Breaking Bad themed birthday party. Yeah, several years oh, ago, and yeah. I've got some uh, custom made Schrader brow beer mats somewhere. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, and proper him with the big old tankards. Like yeah, and it's just amazing. Yeah. Believe it or not, Rich, I still have some of those from that party awesome. that you had. <laughs> I, I was well chuffed for those. I was like, Sick. Yeah, when we when we were out and around there, and I was just like, "You have lost Paulus Romanus cups." It's like and sherbet dip and blue blue sherbet dip and crystal, little bags, as well. crystal blue candy. Oh, really? oh my and god! I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, Rach, you have off the fucking chain. This is amazing. <laughs> I was yeah, giving and... them out of work to some of the people I knew that like Breaking Bad, and I had little baggies <laughs> of white blue crystal in my uh, work locker. Thankfully, there were never any random star searches because <laughs> I think I, mean, I still so. have a baggie of that too somewhere. Really? Wow, I must rotten now. So. They're in say, a box. They're in a box in the loft. I kept. Like, we took a couple of the cups home and the coasters because I just thought that was just fantastic touch. <laughs> and I think yeah, you yeah, had yeah. napkins as well, didn't you? With Hank on. Was it Hank on the napkins or was it Los Polos napkins? Probably Los Polos Hermanos. Probably. I was just I was blown away by the whole experience. So, I was like, "What yeah. is going?" On? No, I I love Hank Schrader. This is a Hank Schrader household, so love him. Right. As long as you don't I... get into crystals, Rich, don't get into that stuff. Hey, Marie, <laughs> one of your rocks. Minerals. <laughs> Enough literally... rocks, Marie. <laughs> the mineral. <laughs> oh shit, love him. No, I love him. Just about to mention the whole breakdown after he got injured. The moments with the oh. going oh, mental over his stones. When Marie gave him the little. Uh, Andy J there in the hospital bed. That was good. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene so much. I was so happy when that scene happened. I was like, wait a minute. It was fantastic. Fantastic. Oh, you can get out on the HS. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, let's move over to uh, Jonathan <laughs> Sorry, <Fain>, who played <laughs> uh, Mike Emon Trout. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Even to the characters, <laughs> even to characters that do not exist, I <laughs> apologise for the pronunciation of the surname. <laughs> water. Water. <laughs> Love it. And, like, I don't know. Uh, Jonathan must have, like, had to watch a lot of depressing stuff before he came on set. Just so he could look as grumpy as possible. He's so melty, I love him. Yeah, his his face has melted over the past thirty years. But yeah. he's always played these really like droopy dog characters. Yeah. Even in <laughs> Beverly was it Beverly Hills Cop? He was God. He was a heavy in that, but he was still very monotone, slow talking. <laughs> he is the most morally uncorrupted character in this show. Mm. Obviously, obviously, he's a bad guy, like object, like objectively. But all of his motivations are sympathetic, and the way he conducts himself professionally. He wants to keep bloodshed to a minimum. He doesn't like doing mm-hmm. morally reprehensible things. He doesn't do it for fun. He's doing he it for very it specific reasons. Yeah. yeah, he's doing it for very. Specific... I absolutely love this character. I think he's. I think he's fantastic. To me, he feels like the most grounded character in all yes. the whole Breaking Bad universe. <laughs> like, and he's also soul. sort of a victim too, right? Because yeah. he he's he was involved in police corruption, but he was kind of strong armed into it, kind of, and and he lost his son, right? Yeah. He lost yeah. his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he's, he's, you know, but yeah, again, he he's just another um, intriguing character, really, in the way he was portrayed and very well acted. And there's a, there's that theme going through the show as well, where they're they're all such completely different characters, but they all work quite well together, and mm. they're all just extremely well acted and mm. written. And I guess that's all you really need for such a for, for a hit TV show, isn't it? But goes a long way for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple more characters, um, actors that I just want to mention before we move on, and the first is Anna Gunn, who plays uh, Skylar. Yes, the poor suffering wife. Mm. And one of the one of the only bad, not bad characters, but I I think her writing went downhill as it went on. I think she mm. was kind of neglected as a character, and she was demoted to I'm getting in my husband's way, and uh, became less com- less complicated as it went on. But she, she's you know, good. she she's still great. Yeah, I I, I mm-hmm. get that. I guess when she became when she, you know in the later series when she came on screen, I wasn't as interested on what mm-hmm. was going on. Even when, you know, she found out about, you know, Walt's secret business and there were other characters I just wanted to go back to and watch instead of instead of Skylar, yeah. unfortunately. If, if you watch her in the first couple of seasons, she's way more interesting and way mm-hmm. better. Um, and then she just, what, turns to drink? And do you think stops. it's... Be- yeah, and do you think that's because they... Obviously, she found out, like I say, and it was after that point, really... You know, she lost yeah. that kind of edge. It lost that yeah, edge I mean, of Walter trying to scurry around and make sure that she yeah, wasn't making, finding out. Making breakfast and stuff and being she, really lovely she's, and dating. Because um, yeah. <laughs> Walt's, Walt's kind of kind of subservience before that. And mm. so she does, she does lose... She doesn't strike me as the kind of character that wants to be in charge, but she is in... Like, she wears the pants in that relationship, but then she loses that. And, and then, and, yeah, and then, I don't know. They could have done something more interesting with her, I think. Again, it's a, a two-dimensional character that goes from first couple of seasons, great, and then drops off for like a season and a half, and then all of a sudden becomes that three-dimensional character again later on. Mm-hmm. But I remember 
my heart, I remember stopping breathing when she confronted Walt at a breakfast table and just turned around and said, you're a drug dealer. And I was like, whoa. And this <laughs> is this is before mainstream spoilers and YouTube wasn't even as the juggernaut that it is now, I don't believe either at that point. And it's like, whoa, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it was that moment. I just, I remember not breathing for like a second where I just what? some instinctively knew it was coming. Was that the scene as well where, I'm trying to remember, is that the scene where she like gets the kitchen knife and they're proper at each other's throats? No, this is a more casual kind of Okay, talk. I'm to remember now. Okay. No, and the way, puts it all together. And... The way she says it as well is like married couples, having an elephant in the room between a married couple is a really common thing, isn't it? Yeah. Until, until eventually someone breaks the seal and they just mm-hmm. mention it. So it, it was that, except it was about him being a drug dealer. <laughs> Which is great. I did like her whole plot line with Ted and this whole, like, you know, is she going to have an affair or not kind of thing yeah. with him. And then, you know, obviously, like Ted being at the birth of their daughter because Walt was too busy mm-hmm. doing a drug yeah. deal somewhere. Yeah. And, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting storyline. And obviously, I felt so sorry for Ted in the way he went in the end. His oh. his death is, uh, is yeah, really it's, something. It's just, uh, yeah. Last person I want to talk about, and I think he probably was one of the highest, best actors in the show, Mr. R.J. Might, who played Walter White Jr. And fascinating, a fascinating character for many reasons. His name's Flynn. Yeah. Flynn, <laughs> Flynn, Flynn. Yes, yeah, sorry. My mistake. That upset him. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Right. But how do you feel like R.J. portrayed Flynn? He's great. And so uh, sincere and in- innocent and nice and kind. And it just makes you wonder how Walt could do that to his son, who is yeah. all of those things. But yeah, I don't actually know very much about the actor. I assume, is it is it cerebral palsy? It is, yeah. yeah. Yes. And presumably, presumably he's not acting that. Presumably he, he is a person with cerebral palsy, right? Yeah. If yeah, I remember rightly, okay. there's an interview where he said that he played it up a little bit yeah. for okay. more dramatic presence. Yeah. So that's not as severe as that. But if you, just, if you watch the actor interviewed, he does have cerebral palsy, but not as mm-hmm. advanced as Flynn's Jr.'s <laughs> portrayal. <laughs> and it's just it's just nice that I think we're, we're finally on the cusp of when Breaking Bad was out, where they actually started to employ actors with said disability to portray a character with said disability. And I think Breaking yeah. Bad was one of the first to really embrace that and really be... And it's it's so well done as well. that yeah. I, I, I don't think it really occurred to me at the time, but it is kind of unusual and kind of a big deal that they just cast an actor with cerebral palsy. Yeah. 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 It's kind of it's kind of crazy. But yeah, it's really it's really well done and he's really good. But I think Vince Gilligan and the people behind the scenes were one uh, one of those people like, well, we're not going to get an actor to pretend because it's just going to open a fucking can of worms, isn't it? <laughs> As yeah, it no, that'd be fucked up. That <laughs> Which it would do. Yes. <laughs> and it still does, even now. Yeah. So by doing it, it was just supporting people with the conditions and saying, you want to act? Come on. We're, we're, all, yeah. we're all humans here. I mean, for fuck's yeah. sake, like, just... <laughs> we're not going to judge you just come in uh, and no one even um, really thinks about it that's what's so wonderful as well no one actually even ever looks back at oh he's the character of the son with cerebral palsy they no. just think of him as he's Walt's son and they think about the scenes he has and 
the impact he you know he had in the role and no one it's never like a talking point no and i i love that i absolutely love that so but they 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 very rarely mention cerebral palsy either there's a couple mm. of times where walt hammers it home and says you know my son's got cerebral palsy although brian cranston has a unique pronunciation of that word yeah he calls it is it cerebral <laughs> oh <laughs> and but it's it's just nice that they they never address it because why should they yeah. We've all known we've all known people. I've had close yeah. friends that are um, disabled physically. Never bothered. Never bothered me. Not once. Why should it? Why should you remind the audience in an exposition dump? It doesn't it's just have a human to be like as part much of as... his character. You know, he's just he's a character that happens to have terrible thoughts. Yeah, and yeah. it would be it would be really easy for the show to overreg it, and it would be like Walter White's doing all these bad things, even though his son is disabled. But they don't do that. They sort of yeah. let you get there on your own. For an episode of Breaking Bad, and thankfully we've all chosen a different one, so made it a bit more interesting. And uh, Steve, let's go to you mm. first. And what, you know, what was one of your favourite episodes? Well, I like to say it's yeah, it's really difficult. This was a this was a difficult question, a possibly impossible question to have one favourite ep- episode. But in order for this format to work, I had to pick one. So I went for Crazy Handful of Nothing, which is quite early. It's episode six in season one. And I love this episode because I think it is a really good example of an episode of Breaking Bad because it's got a lot going on in it. I think it's one of the best cold opens in the show. Walt has has just turned down uh, charity from his old extremely rich work friends um, and he decides to cook meth instead which is an important decision that he makes because that speaks to his ego like it is arguable in the five episodes before this that he's just a victim of circ- circ- circumstance and he, he has to do this he's got a choice but in this episode, he chooses now to cook meth instead because of because of his ego. And it opens with him telling Jesse, I don't want anything to do with the grotty side of this. I just want to cook meth. You're going to distribute it. You're going to find a buyer, et cetera, et cetera. But this is all intercut with footage of him like walking through or like walking away from a building that's on fire and he's got a shaved head and you don't know what's going on. And obviously that's uh, that's that's incongruent with what he's saying. So you're just like, holy shit, things go down in this episode. Um, and it's the first time he, he really gets his hands. I mean, he's killed before now, but this is the first time like he properly gets his hands dirty and he gets like right into the, the horrible, mucky criminal underworld. So yeah, it's, it's the first episode where he shaves his head. It's the Heisenberg look ha- ha- happens in this episode. He's losing his hair because of the chemotherapy. So he just decides to shave it off because of that. But also he wants to look intimidating when he confronts uh, what he called tu- Tuco. Tuco? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Because Jesse was not intimidating enough when trying to set up a, a drug deal. He's secretly paying for chemo with his drug money he lies to Skylar about that so this is one of the first examples of him like really getting trapped in his own web of lies like she hangs out with him at chemo 
she tells her to go home and then he pays for it with his drug with his drug money and you just watch it like this is all gonna come crashing down around you Walt. come on mm. um it's ridiculous it's ridiculous he uh, so his dea brother-in-law is investigating stolen meth cooking stuff from his school which obviously he stole but he just gives hank the run runarounds um and it's one of the first examples of him just openly misleading and lying to people constantly and getting away with it and being really good at it too and this show is full of that tension where he's like almost getting caught but he manages to get away with it and there's an awesome scene later on as well where they're playing cards i can't remember what card again they're playing but he bluffs hank and wins which is sort of calls back to the title of the episode crazy handful of nothing uh he manages to bluff hank and he wins even though he's got a shit hand and this is when he starts <laughs> to think i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this guy because i'm cleverer than he is like he's way stronger and more masculine than i am but i'm gonna win because i'm smarter it's just oh it's also that it's the first time he calls himself heisenberg mm. um mm-hmm. so it's just got everything man this episode's a microcosm of what this whole show is and it's just full of really fantastic stuff and he there's a scene where he's talking to he's teaching his class his science class and he talks about the differences between sudden reactions and gradual reactions obviously we're about to watch you know however many seasons of him gradually changing as he reacts to his circumstances and the sudden reaction refers to uh, the closing of the episode which is what we saw part of in the cold open which is him chucking fulminated mercury at a bunch of drug dealers and blowing them up oh, so good and uh and then he walks away from the carnage uh with his shaved head and the blood on his face and he just gets into his car and screams uh because that part of that episode yeah because he's he's you know he's just done all that shit but i mean yeah i would also scream <laughs> yeah <laughs> just, but yeah just the whole seen him go through all that emotion at the end that he bottled up so he can he didn't show it to Tuco and keep his cool and everything yeah. and then just to for him just to unleash it like that like it must have been all the adrenaline in and yeah. fear but also the high mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. pulling that off and coming out 50 grand richer all in a few seconds in that car seat and yeah, yeah again Brian Cranston just acting just it it showed all that to the viewer in those seconds and it was incredible and that's that's the moment when he realizes that uh he can do it and he can feed his ego and yeah oh yeah also he he, so he gets away with stealing the drug cooking equipment by letting hank pin it on the janitor who then gets fired and so, and I'm pretty sure this is the first instance of uh, an innocent person getting fucked over by, like, Walt just lets that happen because he's like, well, I need to not get caught. So I guess I'm just going to let the janitor get in trouble. It's fucked up, man. It's not right. Mm. <laughs> All the it's things busted. he did, that was the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ending someone's career here yeah. and watching it happen. <laughs> Um, uh, Rich and Chris, do you have anything you want to say on that episode? Steve's covered it off very, no, very, yeah. very nicely, especially taking you know, upon the uh, the Heisenberg mantle. I think that's obviously the, of the moments the most iconic. So Heisenberg was a Nazi, by the way. He was. Yes. So there's a reason, you know. He 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 chose a bad guy name. 
He was a scientist, though. It wasn't like he was a... You know, yeah, I believe so. A trooper. <laughs> but also, like, I love just how, as Heisenberg, he just puts Tuco in his place and Tuco realises, fuck, I'm not the, the biggest... Maybe, you know, maybe there's a moment where he just thinks that he's, you know, not as powerful as he thought he was. Chris, let's come to you for your favourite Breaking Bad episode. I mean, again, like Steve said and Rich said, it's difficult difficult with so many masterful episodes of this show to pinpoint. But one of the standouts I've always remembered is Four Days Out. And again, like Steve, it's very early on. I think season two, episode nine, where uh, Walt goes in for a consultation for results for a scan and glances over and he sees a mass in one of his lungs and thinks... Oh shit, that's a big old growth there. And in his head, he's like, I'm totally fucked. And then he just decides to take Jesse out to the middle of the New Mexico desert and cook meth for, for a, a day or two. And um, I see it as it, it's essentially a bottle show, this episode. Mm. The only cast members from a regular thing have begin, they bookend the beginning and the end in the doctor's office. And that's it. The rest of the 45 or so minute runtime is. A two-man play with Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston. And it's just stood out to me as this beautiful study of two people who... There's a massive generation gap, but given the circumstances, they can become friends and work it out together. That just speaks so many levels. And there's so many shows that have done these two-man play episodes... And it's just done so well because at the start of it, you know, Walt's still unsure about Jesse. He's still, Jesse's still that cocky high schooler. Who, we all know those cocky high schoolers who never grow up and you still see hanging outside Weatherspoons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, Jesus Christ, mate, you're 40. Why are you still hanging out with these people? And um, you just see them both start to respect each other as the episode goes on. And Jesse starts to see Walt not as the the science teacher that latched onto Jesse for his knowledge, but an actual human being with human feelings and limited time left on this planet as, well, this episode would lead you to believe anyway. And Jesse kind of takes pity on him like a, like a kind of sick uncle. And it's nice because you see a part of Jesse that he, Jesse always hides mm. and you see it briefly in this episode and quite a few. And it's just nice to see it happen. And then they, they just both get themselves out of this pickle together when they're stuck in the desert when Jesse leaves the keys in the RV ignition and the battery dies. They've got no cell phone signal. And then the generator blows up. Jesse throws all the drinking water on it. So it's, it's a classic stuck in the middle of nowhere and all your amenities just are not there. And they just have to science the shit out of it <laughs> to get out and make a battery a battery out of oh, scraps yeah. from the RV and, uh, yeah. and another example and, of yeah. Walt being a suit being a science hero. He just fucking builds the ba- the uh, ba- the battery they need. Yeah, out of a, out of some sponges and some brake pads and some copper wire and and you got some great comedy moments in there when that Walt's just walking Jesse through the science of batteries. He says now. What element would we put into these this acid with she the sponges? <laughs> and yeah, it's it's just this lovely fatherly paternal thing. And Walsh just grinning like, yeah, I I know shit. And he's shaking his thing. And Jess is like, element? Oh, wire? And you just you just groan. <laughs> just half a... But again, it's just that that classic high school dropout that Jesse. He's a high school dropout, but he's clever at the same time. And 
that's what people just forget about this show is Jesse's not just your high school waster. He just probably one of those people who's probably way cleverer than he let on and just got bored at school. And Walt ends up just, just teaching Jesse basic <laughs> basic life lessons, really. And it's just nice you get that moment where Walt just gives up because they can't charge the thing and he just slumps in a chair and just gives up. And Jesse goes over to him and says, you know, right, Mr. White, you know, and and then Jesse wakes up, was it one on one morning, and Walsh just hand-cranking his generator to get the electricity to generate to charge the battery a little bit, just to start the van. But it's just a lovely episode of two people being stuck in the middle of nowhere. And again, X-Files has done it. Star Trek has done it on numerous occasions. Of just being stuck, essentially in a desert, and surviving. And this show just did it really, really well. It does even though it's like very understated but it does still have one of the most tense moments i yes still recall, it does with yep. jesse leading hank to the rv and yep. Walsh just leaning against the door of everything he has mm. to stop hank from getting in there and finding out the whole operation and it's just like oh shit oh shit oh shit is this show gonna be two seasons long because it's just <laughs> does, yeah does I he lean on the door that. partly to stop him but also to cover the bullet holes right there's probably that too yeah it's, was that in this episode? Great. I I don't remember when the bullet holes appear in the door. It's possible that, that they weren't there. That yet. wasn't this episode. That was uh, when yeah. that was when Walt phones Marie ah. to fake a hospital. That's later on. Yes. Oh, right. This, okay. Okay. Yeah. This is just literally Walt and Jesse in the desert, and then they finally get the the RV started, and they pull up outside the hospital consultant for Walt's results ah uh, yes when he said and that he... I, was, I thought to myself did that happen <laughs> did i completely forget a whole scene and i remembered what scene you're talking about but then he, he gets the results at the end right and he finds out that oh he's, he's not dying as fast yeah. as he thought he was and he gets yeah. really cross about it and that's what the, the beauty of this episode is is just he is relieved but also angry because he's loving the buzz of what he's doing and creating he's finally found a use for his you know advanced chemistry um skills and he's loving that buzz, and he's loving the fact. Also, I think Walter Walter White also loves the fact that he makes, in a random about way, he makes others happy with the product that he makes. So, at the same time, as, excitement is like, yeah, it's, it's infectious. <laughs> yeah, at the same time as earning a fuck ton of money, and this is the episode where they work out: is it six hundred and fifty grand each? Walt works mm. out if they cook that amount from the chemicals that they have in the RV, if they keep going, they can make that amount of money each. And they're both just like amazed at when they do the math. It's like, holy shit. Like, and Because he's circumventing the system, right, with genius. Because he's a genius, right? Mm. And, but he's completely wasted by being a teacher because of the stupid decisions that he's made. But he's an absolute genius. And he's, he's scienced his way out of his situation, uh, which, yeah, I could imagine is an incredible high. Because it's important to remember as well, right? Like, that it, it, Walter is also a victim of what is, in my opinion, a pretty fucked situation when it comes to healthcare yep. in the US. Because he's yep. got cancer and he's fucked because he can't pay no. to treat his cancer yeah which is a really like that's a really important theme in this show like because that's pretty fucked you know and it is arguable that financial pressure is the cause of a lot of crime but let's not go there <laughs> people are so, just bad so, steve so. Mm-hmm. so so yeah he's he's cheated he's found a shortcut with his brain yeah so yeah it must have been incredible and you're getting that buzz and it's just that i i just love that ending in the bathroom where it's just brian cranston looking in the mirror and he's equally as angry and relieved at the same time he's been extremely frustrated by now he's 
kind of got himself in too deep and can't get out, but he loves it anyway. And he's also annoyed that he's gone into remission, which means he'll survive, which means the things that he's done to get there have been for nothing, essentially. I'm going to live to see the consequences of these really yeah. fucked up things I've done. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's move from a, a nice episode to probably one of the most tragic. Uh, Rich, what, yeah. what, was, what was one of your favourite episodes of Breaking Bad? I mean, I'm going for the lazy pick. It's probably considered by many people to be the best episode of Breaking Bad, and it's many the best episode of television ever made, and that's Ozymandias, which is the episode before the penultimate episode of the final season. And yeah, it's basically just like a heart reel, um, a, a highlight reel of just pure heartbreak. Uh, it's just horrible moment after horrible moment. Just the way this episode starts is just heartbreaking in itself. Um, obviously, Prior to this episode, Gomi and Hank are involved in the shootout with uh, Uncle Jack and the neo-Nazis. And this episode opens with Hank taking heavy fire and you just see the lifeless body of Gomi. I think it was shot from behind as well. And you don't ever see him killed. It's completely off screen. And it's, I just make, it makes that so devastating because of the rapport, the friendship that Hank and Gomi have throughout the show. And Gomi's always like there for him, always got his back. They always got each other's back. And here you are now, Gomi's dead. It was completely understated. Again, happened off screen. Hank's taken a shot to the leg. He's bleeding out. And it's just really, really sad because you're seeing Hank now, this big masculine figure, vulnerable, his best friend's dead. And you can almost see in his face, he knows yeah, mm. the situation's not good and probably just doesn't see a way out. And he doesn't because <laughs> Uncle Jack kills him. Um, and to me, there's still, I still remember when I was watching this episode, it just like the world stopped. And never mind the heavily memed shot of <laughs> witnessing and processing Hank's death when he just drops to the ground and there's like no audio. It's just Walt just just losing it he just watched his brother-in-law be killed and he knows that there is so much blood on his hands hank's hank's death was like the most devastating moment of this whole show for me it really got to me because i really did like hank and you knew this was the point where it all just caught up with like the family and it just gone too far and you're already thinking like, i'm my mind's already two steps ahead i'm thinking like Oh God, Scarlet's just gonna lose it. Poor Marie. It's awful. It's so awful. I think mean, the only upside is that Hank has such an iconic line on his way out. You know, he says, "My name's Asex Schrader, and you can go fuck yourself." And it just—I <laughs> was like, "Yeah!" I punched the air and then just started to sob immediately after. It's—it's—it's it's, it's iconic. It's such a roller coaster of emotions from just that pure like fuck yeah euphoria to absolute despair and death. Other than that, there's a lot of revelations in this episode as well. This is the episode where Walt tells Jesse that he watched Jane die, and that was horrifying. I, that stayed with me from the episode, and that was probably the first time I really hated Walt. It broke my heart. I really wanted Jesse to be happy, and the life he was starting to build with Jane was just quite lovely. Mm -hmm. And I know they kind of slipped a bit. They obviously were doing drugs together, but Walt just selfishly knowing that Jane is ruining his plans because he's taking Jesse away from him and just watching her suffocate on her own vomit and doing nothing because he sees it as a way out. Yeah, that's just horrible. And I guess obviously the scene was important, him telling him, because yeah, it was it was obviously always eventually gonna come out. And I guess it was yeah, it was it was a pivotal moment in their relationship. 
and just Jesse's reaction is just yeah that stays with me it's just it, it, even him telling Jesse what he did or what he didn't do, it didn't like redeem him in any way. It was just a piece of shit. But now Jesse mm. knows. Yeah, it's it's just there's so much to compute this episode. You've got the whole scene as well. And I know I referenced it incorrectly earlier, but the whole like confrontation that Skylar has with Walt and she slashes him with the knife. And I don't know what it was that scene. It really caught me. I don't know if it's like kind of watching your parents fight, but the way they were going at each other. I remember when I first watched this episode and that scene, I can't describe why, but I just burst into tears watching it. It was just horrible seeing how much everything just broke down and they're just going off at each other. And Anna Gunn's acting in this scene is like just phenomenal, regardless of how much her character kind of got a little bit diminished at this point and she just sold the absolute shit out of that and again it escalates from there walt kidnaps holly yeah their newborn baby and oh yeah (laughs) just yeah there's so much escalation in this and it's, it's crazy to think this all happens in one episode. Hank's death, the revelation about Jane, kidnap of a child. <laughs> it's just <laughs> all in one episode. It's just, yeah. Is this the episode where he phones Skylar and the f- he knows the phone is being tapped and so he, like, takes on the Heisenberg character to sort of clear her of any wrongdoing? Yeah, he completely yeah. exonerates her. Inspired, which... inspired moment, that is great. Brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. I think this portrays like where Walter's journey started from and is at this point, but the portrayal that he still cares for his family, even though now he's like a drug lord killer. I think um, it's almost he's... an acceptance at this point. He knows now that all this is bigger than their family mm. and like they can't survive this. Like this is not something you can do on the, on the sly or even with her knowledge and those two things can't coexist. He knows like, yeah, it, this family, this life is done, and whatever happens is gonna be going his separate ways. I think from Skylar, and it's yeah, it's his one like kind of noble act, I guess, at this point of the series. Mm. But yeah, and then obviously he uh, gets picked up by the uh, vacuum cleaner repair guy, and uh, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just so is, much. It, is this yeah. the first time we see him? Yeah. Is, it, is this his first? I believe so. I yes, think it, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that whole thing is great as well. The show has a lot of like underworld system like you get to see a lot of the way things work in the underworld right like the way all the drugs are trafficked through the chicken restaurant and also the vacuum cleaner salesman who who makes you disappear and gives you a new uh, Mm. identity it's just really clever the way way it plays out it's really good i still always remember like walter's reaction handcuffed in the back of that car and seeing you know jack's gang come in and and realizing what's going to happen and trying to get Hank to go to, just to get out of there, just go because he knows that Hank's going to go, and that yeah. just fueled the emotion even more so when that scene actually occurred. Yeah, because then you know at that point you know that you know what is right because obviously everything that you've seen with him that Hank hasn't necessarily seen. Yeah, you you've you've got the advantage of knowing as well, and yeah. Hank's fate is sealed and it's it's horrible because I think at that point I knew yeah Hank's not going to be gone for the situation he's going to be embroiled in it and I think there was an acceptance at his point that he's not coming out of this life and you're just kind of counting down to it and I just remember my stomach turning right up to that point that Uncle Jack pulled the trigger you just knew that something was going to change like massively and it was yeah it's still sticks with me and 
Marie as well, her character, that gave her a bit of a moment to shine as well, like the discovery of Hank being killed. And I don't think it was necessarily in this episode. I think it might come after. Even in the finale, when you see her in the kitchen at one point, I think. It just, yeah, it's, oh, it sucks. Seriously, <laughs> it really, really sucks. <laughs> but yeah, this episode, yeah. Again, it's, it's, a, it's a safe pick, I know. But for me... I mean, one of us had to choose it, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah you're just trying to subvert expectations by not picking this and yeah I, <laughs> this episode was just like whoa it was just absolutely phenomenal and there's also the game, another thing happens this is when bloody yeah jesse gets taken captive as well and gets blocked oh. in a cage it's just yes. so much stuff <laughs> in one episode feature so, packed, just, man feature packed it's a massive checklist of yeah that's bullshit seriously it's just <laughs> bad bad things no no nice stuff no levity it's just pressing and I think it, it makes, like, arguably up to this point, obviously Walt knows how serious all the shit he's doing is, but this is maybe the first time he is forced to confront the very worst consequences of yep, yep. His, his actions. Finally, it all comes crashing down. Yeah, definitely. Well, moving from one tragic episode to another, for my one of my favourite episodes of Breaking Bad, and Rich has already alluded to it, and that's Phoenix from series two as well i think it was episode 12 and yes there is like two or three particular scenes in this episode that always stick to stick out to me personally and obviously the biggest scene is where you mentioned about jane's death and that was very shocking to me at the time you know it comes very early in the in the tv show itself Mm. and the just seeing Walter's reaction like he didn't have to say anything in in the scene when Jane suffocated on the, on her vomit it was all shown in his face and like mm. you could see the ride of emotions that he was going through like I say he's quite early on in the show it's still quite early in Walt's journey to becoming this ruthless killer but you could see like his emotions of like sadness that this has happened but then you also see the relief in his face as well, or the realization that he can just let this go and he won't be, he can't be held responsible for it. He can get away with just letting this happen and getting this problem out of the way. So he can, like Rich said, he can just get Jesse back to where he needs to be to, to carry on with the drug business. And that seems just so powerful to me at the time. I knew then that I was really in for a real good ride of a show. And it also told me that no matter what I expected going forward, that I'm, you know, I just can't expect anything because I just don't know what they're going to throw at me next. And uh, yeah, again, on, and then on the other side, like you see this happening and then you automatically feel so sorry for Jesse as well, because it seems like he's like genuinely happy. He's got his $400,000 from this drug drug uh, business and they can go off and make a new life for themselves. You know, they they say, you know, uh, Jane says to Jesse, like, Let, let's make a clean break of this. Let's, like, let's get clean from the drugs. Let's just run away with this money and let's just make a life for ourselves. You know, and Jesse, with all his problems and loner, I guess, you know, he was so happy that he finally found someone who was willing to put up with him and, and go and do this with him. So all those different things in just that one scene... It was just so like, yeah, again, such an emotional ride. But and a couple of other things that stuck out for me in this episode. And one was obviously John Delance was, <laughs> was guest oh, yeah. starring. Jane, of Jane's course. dad, yeah. As Jane's dad, uh, which was a nice, you know, Star Trek reference there. 
but it was really cool to see him play a, a, or portray a different character than just Q, from which I've always just known him for. But um, that scene where Walt is out on his nappy run before he lets Jane die and has this whole conversation with Jane's dad in the pub, I thought that was a really cool scene. They had this real, like, really nice dad heart-to-heart conversation, and then Walt goes off and lets his daughter die. <laughs> but then um, the other part of the episode as well was... Yeah, again, just portraying like his family's love for Walter and his uh, health health problems, and his family just lovingly trying to help him to like raise money for him so he can have his uh, treatment, his chemotherapy, and like Walter Junior slash Flynn had created this website so people could donate to 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 the to the cause and try and raise some money. There's such a loving like touch, and it just just dugs in, just digs into your heart on how loving and caring and everything else. And you know, I've gone backwards and through the episode, so you've you've started off and there's such a loving moment of a son trying to help his dad through through his love, yeah. and then gradually going through and watching this person that he loves, that Flynn loves so much, just let someone die. And it's just another roller coaster episode, but. Mm. If I remember it, rightly, they actually made that site as well. I think it was actually a live site, the safewaterwhite.com. Rich, it's still there. It's still <laughs> what, there. That, viral, that viral marketing still online? Yeah, because I checked it wow. today. I checked it oh. today. It's still there. <laughs> I was on I it today. <laughs> Safewaterwhite.com, I think it was, isn't I know it? No, we're recording a podcast, but I'm actually typing this in right now. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, doing, it is. I'm doing it exactly oh, look at that. It. It's gorgeous. Big comic sans. Oh, love yeah. it. That's crazy. This is stunning. Oh my god! <laughs> a little guest book. I love it. Visitors so far. Oh god, <laughs> it's such a um, history thing, isn't it? God, that's yeah. This is stunning, man. Seriously, that's so it's well so done. Beautiful. But crazy. What, yeah. But what I like about it as well, like they obviously the character of Junior or Flynn. Obviously, this is you know Jesus early Christ. early internet website building wasn't it this is like so 90s obviously it was using this old stuff and this is just delightful beautiful yep. no square space here no <laughs> no just html all the way i don't know if you guys want to say anything about the episode oh wow I've i think to... <laughs> i'll uh rescue you rich while you you're still bowled over by the uh by the, by, by the website you, J- jane's death the way they did that the way they depicted her death is super disturbing uh-huh. I think it was inspired the way they chose to do it, but it is unceremonious and sudden and undeserved, like very, very undeserved. It really fu- like that really stuck with me as well. Uh, it's fucked up because they're both on a trip, right? Yeah, they yeah. both just had some mm. um, heroin pumped into their yeah. So system. she doesn't uh, she doesn't even know it's happening. Oh man, it's it, sucks. They, they it sucks. Kind of- yeah, they kind of like reference it earlier on in the episode as well because they they again are hitting up with heroin. But then Jane says to Jesse to make sure that he stay um, lays on his side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's the position, mm. the safe position to be in when they're on on the high. So then when Walter comes in and sits on the bed and she moves onto her back, you know that something's going bad is going yeah. to happen. And so that's thing's just really clever plotting. The whole thing's sad as well because the way it's set up. Because obviously, I mean, I, I really love Jane. I think she's really sweet. But the way they set up was ultimately she is kind of the bad influence on Jesse. I mean, that's when they start doing 
all the heroin and but they have that scene early on where like her dad shows up to the house and she sees they've been sleeping together sees all the drug paraphernalia around and just goes off at jesse as if like mm. he's the one that's pulling her into this and mm. basically undoing all the work she's doing in you know the rehab with her her sessions and it's, it's just you feel so bad for jesse at that point because it's not on him they obviously are going through this together but he's not this horrible bad force that's dragging her down a dark path and her dad doesn't realize that and then yeah the way it ends up with her losing her life it's just the whole thing's just sad and yeah despite all the lovely moments like there's that thing i think they have some kind of bust up and obviously i know she does all the illustrations she does the whole like apology girl thing she does that drawing yeah, to him that's great and i was like so lovely and wholesome i just really love jane like and she, the way it she, ends it just sucks she definitely leads jesse astray she does drugs but like drug addicts are victims right so yes, she's not a bad person for doing that. No. they're both victims and so yeah jane jane is great and her death is awful it, yeah, yeah. It, it sucks it's just you know you get tv shows that you watch and some things, you know, you, you forget a lot of things that happen in TV shows. But then there's all there's just that one TV show that comes along every now and again that just has a scene that just embeds in your brain and it just does not go away. And that is one of them for me. And it's just powerful and sad all at the same time. That's the power of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. state that we've got ourselves into and um, <laughs> talk about the ending of Breaking Bad and I've got this whole thing I copy and pasted from the internet to read out but I'm not going to <laughs> because it, it's very convoluted and it's you know a lot happens in this last episode but basically you know Rich again yeah, again Rich kind of alluded to it earlier where you know Jesse's been taken to Jack's compound and is captured and Walter's been in hiding he decides he's going to come out and surrender but then you know he decides to poison people and this that and the other but i mean it all boils down to walter getting to jack's jack's compound and trying to break jesse out and escape and then obviously him not escaping alive mm-hmm. so um what do you guys think do you do you think this was was this the ending that you kind of expected to see no not the, <laughs> no the automated no, years like, did i know that this was going to trunk mounted like the the yeah the automated (laughs) the automated trunk mounted automatic weapon goes all the way up to the line of being too much without quite crossing it yeah it's still on this side of believable just yeah just 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 like how again to to keep you know hitting this (laughs) dead dead donkey on top of it like it's that believability of a James Bond gadget. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just acceptable in the zeitgeist, <laughs> but also completely batshit, crazily, <laughs> just not possible. <laughs> yeah. Like, watch it with your jaw on the floor. They get away then, with it. And then move science. on. Don't think yeah. about it too hard. It's, it's, it's just, fine. Because science, they kind of get away with it. And because TV show. and <laughs> yeah. Was it a fitting end for, for for this character of Walter White? Did, was you sad that he didn't kind of get away with it? No, I think it was, it was right. I liked that. I mean, I think we knew he was never going to get away with it, but I, I liked... 
I think it's right that he he died. But I, what I love is that he died on his own terms. He technically mm-hmm. died by his own hands. He got he got taken yeah. by out by his own mounted automated mm. trunk weapon thing. <laughs> so words got tied up there. But yeah, he <laughs> took a bullet, and it wasn't the cancer. It wasn't other nefarious people he was uh, mingling with. End of his life, it was him. He died by his own hands, but it wasn't quite suicide. And I thought that was quite powerful and poignant, and it was right. Mm-hmm. And he was at, he was actually kind of at peace at the end. I mean, the whole scene, the end with the you know my baby blue, and he's just walking around his uh, tanks or whatever the paraphernalia was, and he's just he's he's at peace. He's happy. He's he's marveling in the work, what he's achieved. He's looking at it one last time, and he's just kind of. You can see he's at peace. Yeah. And he, it's it's nice. It's actually he, really nice. <laughs> yeah, he sort of does get away with it, right? Like I guess. Like yeah. sure, he yeah, dies. Circumstance. Yeah. But he doesn't really face <laughs> like personal consequences. Aside from dying, of course, which granted yeah. is a fairly big consequences, but he does that to himself pretty much. Yeah. So he sort of does get away with it. But yeah, yeah. it's okay yeah, well. because he lets Jesse he gets Jesse out, and you know, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Wait, that does happen in the finale, right? I'm not thinking of El Camino. <laughs> yeah. No, Jesse no, does. He does. And then he's driving away going, yeah, bitch! Right, that's like the end <laughs> yeah. of the yeah. show, right? Okay, fine. Good. Exactly, yeah. I'd lo- I'd love- it didn't happen. So. I would love a count of how many times uh, Jesse probably said the word bitch. I'm <laughs> sure there's a, the a video somewhere. I'm sure there YouTube. is somewhere. I'm sure there's a, a whole video on YouTube that just counts them all. Little ding counter in the corner. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I I really like I really liked the ending, but like I can't fault it. I think it's as far as endings go. I mean, endings are really hard. So sure. just, like, just look at Lost and uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so, so in those relative terms, this ending is close to per to perfect. Yeah. But it makes me sad because I wish there was more, and I suppose that's a good place to be, right? We got left wanting more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we kind of got that with Better Call Saul, mm-hmm. especially yeah, in the later series. Somehow yeah. surpassed the show. I will never quite, <laughs> never wrap my head around that, in my opinion. You know, when we see them in Better Call Saul, we still just want more of them. Yeah, yeah. And we don't want them to go away. And like when they do go away and we don't see them come back again, you're like, we just want Walter and Jesse back. Again, it's taken us this long to bring up Saul Goodman because. He's not come <laughs> up yet in the entire recording, and um, I don't know if that was your plan at all, Jason, to bring him up eventually. Well, we couldn't we couldn't do a Breaking Bad recording without mentioning Soul, could we? It's just you know, like Better Call Saul stands on its own as its own brilliant TV show in its own right, and like Rich said, it kind of in a lot of ways is better than Breaking Bad on its on its own merits as its own show. But in the later two seasons, it was a bit heavy handed with the we'll just throw Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul in there. So. Yeah, but 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 no, that you're missing that just it kind of cheapens their sacrifice out a little bit because you had closure with their story. Yeah. And by putting Walt and Jesse in Better Call Saul, I've had a few months to think it through, and I'm not too sure if I like it or not for that. Of similar mindset. Yeah. I never it, liked them. They always feel compelled to have to write everything in a nice little bow, and have this weird kind of like connective tissue when you know it's already connected you don't i don't yeah. need to see them to be like oh yes this is a breaking bad sequel and prequel yeah, and never mind was... if aaron paul looks haggard <laughs> yeah it was it was like it was, <laughs> like, like it was ham-fistedly and... 
Yeah, ham-fistedly <laughs> just thrown in there, like, oh, just in case you forgot, this is a Breaking Bad property. Yeah, and it's like, I wasn't just thrilled. Don't put them in there. Mm. Reference it, maybe. But yeah. then as the show got on, and you had Marie come in, and you had Dean Norris come in again as Hank, and you're just like... Marie I was understand. brilliant, though. That scene yeah. that was fantastic. I understand having... So. Hank in there as it's a prequel but also at the same time did he really need to be in there obviously you're yeah. crafting this universe out and it kind he, of when, when you see Hank coming again in Breaking Bad you're like but he's already been part it's weird yeah. disjointed feeling that you get from throwing I was okay like with Walt and Jesse turning up in Better Call Saul but what was that scene with them like just Talking about potato chips, the tiles weird. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that about? Yeah, that was somehow pretty... Jesse looked more. Yeah. Um, looked more Jesse, Jesse than he did in the whole prestige television show on AMC. Yeah. So for people who don't know, there's a super, there's a Super Bowl advert with Jesse and Walton in. It's great. Go on, go on YouTube. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's Camino, like, so. I think we said on what I'm on the last recording. I think there's a there's a bit of AI smoothing going on that in the Super Bowl me. commercial. Say my name. Say my name. They're baked, not fried. <laughs> brilliant, incredible, That's brilliant. Right, let's get let's get this uh, show wrapped up um, because I'm sure Steve's girlfriend's going to be knocking on the door soon, <laughs> wanting to go to bed. So let's let's get our verdicts and our scores in for Breaking Bad. And will this be third episode in a row that Chris gives out a big whopping ten? <laughs> so let's go to Chris and find oh, out no, whether that actually happens or will he not. The tension, Chris. What was your I, what is your verdict on Breaking Bad, and what score are you going to give this? My verdict is obviously quite high. Hey, to kind of kind of, <laughs> to kind of phrase that because again, it was a show that I didn't give its time, and I discovered like you guys fairly late in the game. Like I'm not one of those people that are straight onto network TV. I'm just like yeah, whatever. Like it took me ages to try Game of Thrones, and then I regretted. <laughs> investing so many hours into that but this is just i think a solid easily a solid nine nine and a half for me what's it gonna be nine or nine and a half i'm gonna go nine and a half you're I'm, going gonna for I'm gonna balance it out because like, like any show it has its it has its bad moments it has its great moments it has its questionable moments but um yeah it's gonna be a, a 9.5 for me i just i enjoyed the episode i watched the other day for this recording and i need to do another rewatch properly and we did intend to go straight from Better Call Saul straight into Breaking Bad, and we never did. For some reason, life just snowballed. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I need to check it out again. I'm going to go for a, a 9.5 rating. There you go, ladies and gents. No 10 third time in a row. But will it be a 10 from Rich? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best, like, five seasons of television that's not The Simpsons. Best show ever made. Yes. I love it. Yeah. I, I could, you know, wax lyrical, but yeah. I'm going to keep it simple. It's it's a just a big, hearty 10 from me. Beautiful. And Steve? I'm feeling weird now about giving Top Secret a 10. It's <laughs> like, locked in. It's locked in. Because I'm like, I have to... Because <laughs> I'm like, I have to be reasonable here and say like 9.7 or something, right? But then I'm saying it's not as good as Top Secret, which just feels weird. Well, um, luckily, <laughs> luck, luckily oh, like, and if, if the listeners haven't realised, like the TV show goes on its own separate board. Ah, perfect. Oh, okay. We're, we're All gonna, right. We're going to have a TV show board and a film board. You know, it, it seems fair to split it, right? Is it? Do we still get the noise? I've got a noise 
nine dot mate don't you worry okay cool all right i'm excited all right uh, okay i'm gonna say 9.7 it's fucking phenomenal and i love it but i'm gonna give it a 9.7 because i wish there was more so i'm knocking off 0.3 for that reason <laughs> okay five seasons was not enough <laughs> Speak, speaking of more has there ever been any like tie-in novels or graphic novels for this because i've never really looked into it don't think so. Be an interesting uh, thing, no. wouldn't it? No, hmm. just the um, just the TV show and the uh, Better Call Saul and the and the Al Camino has, film. I will say this: um, Has anyone watched uh, Metastasis, which is the Colombian telenovela adaptation of it? They did no. the whole show in one season, <laughs> beginning no. to end. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, Spanish language. Yeah, it's worth a watch. It's all on YouTube, I think. So, huh? Didn't even know that existed. Great tip. Cheers, dude. Um, for me, I, I mean, I think I've, I've said everything I really need to say about Breaking Bad, and I'm sure you've all kind of gathered the feelings that I have for the show and the the power in which it engulfed me. So I can't really say much more else about it either, uh, apart from just just saying just watch Breaking Bad if you haven't, and if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, we're sorry for spoiling it for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of my favourite all time TV shows. I'm not going to give it a ten. But I will I will join Steve with the nine point seven. So that means Breaking Bad gets an overall score of thirty eight point nine. So that will go on our TV show board from above. As well as it's the only TV show in there right now. It obviously goes automatically straight on the board at number one. Okay, <laughs> I like it. But... It doesn't quite work, but I don't care. <laughs> so so there you go 38.9 Breaking Bad will the next TV show that we feature on the show get higher I don't know it'll be a toughie mm. it'll be tough That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you, as always, for joining us. If you would like to donate to the show, then please visit our coffee page where you can show your support. Started from just a single pack. You can find a link in the show description or on our website. Speaking of the website, please give it a visit. We have articles, game reviews, our entire back catalogue of episodes, and much more at coffeepod.com. And you can also find the link on there to our Discord. So please come say hi. We'd love to see you there. But chaps, it's uh, it's time to say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Why did we all go very formal with that? I don't know. Oh, that's weird, wasn't it? That- weird. <laughs> I was goodbye, dear I was Lister. expecting at least one of you to say, say my name, bitch, or something. <laughs> you know. I am the... I'm not. I am the danger. There you go. There you go. I am the one who ends the podcast. Yeah. I am the one who rings the doorbell. That's a bit. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I am the one to uh, finish this podcast. I say my name has been Jason, and you've been listening to from Coffee Retro Podcast to the. Barking.